Hoo-wee! Welcome to my most vulnerable podcast episode yet. My name is Jess Rich, and welcome to Whores Do It Best, a business podcast. The first 12 episodes, we are rolling through my story of going from an evangelical, charismatic, conservative Christian to whatever the hell I am now. (laughs) It was a long journey of really undoing a lot of the beliefs I had around my own story, the stigma of my own story that really left me locked up and not able to understand all of these amazing attributes and skills that I learned while I was in the industry. And that is why this is a business podcast, because whores truly are some of the best entrepreneurs I have ever met. And I cannot wait to showcase their sexy brains. But we have to undo this stigma because there's all these concepts in the world that say we need to do things a certain way. And one of those concepts was love. Leading with love, leading with an agenda of love. Like when we go to serve someone, when we go to show up and help, leading with love. It sounds fabulous. It sounds like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. Everyone wants love until you realize that love to everyone is not the same thing. Love to me at different points in my life was abuse. It was exploitation. It was also also the birth of a child. It was being married. It was being accepted by my partner. It, it was rejection, hurt, grief, loss. Love is nuanced. And so when I became a brand new Christian, I was like, I'm going to lead with love because everybody needs love. But I couldn't realize, I couldn't see in myself all of the times that love was painful. And that was something that Christianity blinded my eyes to. So right after I became a Christian, I met Reed, who was also a Christian, and he was a pro-life activist. And I jumped in with both feet. I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. My entire childhood, my mom had night terrors from an abortion she had had prior to having me. And so she would run through the home searching for this baby that was crying that wasn't there. I was an only child. And it was so confusing to me to see the pain that she experienced by having an abortion. I didn't understand the concepts of healing because I was yet still a child. I didn't understand that she did something that went against her own values that caused her to experience pain. So when I found out that I was pregnant, all I could think was I don't want to be like my mom. And I chose to keep the child. That didn't qualify me to be a parent didn't qualify me for anything. I just wanted to do better than she did. And that meant not having an abortion. And so I kept this child and then met Reed and started like sharing my story, but I didn't know how to listen yet. I thought it would be like great to stand on a street corner with signs, to teach people, to talk about it. And I didn't understand how triggering it was for people. All I was doing was talking. I wasn't listening. I wasn't understanding. I was following the propaganda that was given to me by this pro-life activism movement that was so popular 18, 20 years ago. 
I was following the path that was given to me and not questioning anything. And that, in fact, was the biggest problem. It wasn't until one day I was holding signs out on a street corner and a woman ran her car through the sign that I was holding. Like I was standing next to it holding this big sign. And I had my kids with me. And it was the last time I went out to the streets because I thought love doesn't provoke violence. What is it that I'm doing in quote unquote loving people that is causing them to respond with violence? That woke me up. So I went away from the activism side of life and I thought, what is the safer way? What is a better way to really reach people? And it was like, aha, Jesus. In walks the evangelical time of my life where it was like, I just need to save people for Jesus. I'm going to lead with that agenda of love because that one can't be wrong, right? Except for the eternal fire and brimstone that comes if you are in the LGBTQ community. That was a problem. But I couldn't see it. Even though I was always bisexual, I happened to fall in love with a man, marry a man. And so I was treated as though I was always cisgendered. And heterosexual. That's how they treated me. And I couldn't see it until I started going to the churches and bringing my friends with me. And I loved these ideas of come as you are. But then I believed that come as you are and then be transformed by the renewing of the spirit, the renewing of the mind, that we would be transformed and our issues would just go away. Because mine did, right? Not really. I just happened to be married. And be happily married. It didn't mean that I was suddenly no longer bisexual. It just meant that I happened to marry a man and was happy. And that should have been okay. But it still didn't jar me enough to actually think about what I was doing and think about how I was behaving. Because I thought that love would cure everything. And it doesn't because love is distorted according to how we've been loved. I had this belief that when someone accepted Christ, their gayness would just go away or it wouldn't be an issue anymore. And then they would be able to go on and live life. And throughout my anti-trafficking work, I worked with a lot of people who were gay and I was very open about being bisexual myself. And it seemed like they would quickly become ungay and that everything was just okay until they were no longer ungay and it wasn't okay. And that somehow meant they weren't truly saved. And I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know what? This is what the evangelical church teaches and it's how it works. And so there was this moment that broke me. And I was sitting on the floor talking to this young woman who I had been working with for a number of years. And I was scared to death that this woman was going to go to hell. And it's so fucked up because the people whom you love the most, who you care about the most, are the ones that I shamed the most. We literally had this like come to Jesus talk that lasted way too fucking long where I was just scared to death that she was going to go to hell and she was just totally okay with being gay. And if God sent her to hell for being gay, that would be okay. And I so admire her 
for her dedication. By the time we were done, we were both sobbing. It was fucked up. And I have gone to her multiple times apologizing. Sometimes you just can't fix the things you've fucked up. You just fuck up too much, need to learn the lessons and move on. And that was that moment for me. That was the moment that I said, I will never, ever be this person again. And I quit talking and learned to listen. Over the next year or so, I started to really question all that I knew, all that I thought about love. And I completely undid my belief around gay being wrong or bad or anything because really that was the influence of Christianity in my life. And when I saw that it no longer served me and it did not fit with an agenda of love, it didn't even... (sighs) Shaming people for their sexuality shouldn't even fit within Christianity. Because if love is the agenda, why the hell are we telling people what to do with their lives? Like that, that isn't even our job. And yet when you're in it, it is so fucking hard to see because it's all of your friends, it's all of the culture, it's everything around you. And you don't, I didn't know how to see out. I didn't know how to see any other way. Every person I knew was having these same experiences where they were doing the same things. His behavior was encouraged. But when I did it, when I saw how it was hurting her and how it was hurting me, I said, no more. I cannot continue to behave this way. And that's when I started hearing stories. I started listening to questions. My eyes were open to the bullshittery that was happening. Eventually, we ended up getting, kind of ran out of town. It was one of the most ugly experiences I've ever gone through. This was the beginning of losing my nonprofit and consulting agency. It went on for a good eight, nine months, but the the ship was going down. And it was because I started to stand up for my friends who were a part, who were actively a part of the LGBTQ community. I no longer was on the other side. I switched in an instant. And when I did, all hell broke loose. All of the funding dried up, relationships lost, people wouldn't return my phone calls. The rejection was like nothing I had ever experienced. And I was like, where is this agenda of love? Where is the love that y'all speak about? And it got so bad that we ended up leaving town. We moved. We moved to LA. And I had this conversation with a dear friend of mine. Him and I spoke on numerous occasions together. He was also a survivor. His story is in my book, Surviving Trafficking and the Anti-Trafficking Movement. Alex was a lifesaver for me. Him and I would lean on each other and we would talk about these deep heart things. Because see, he was gay. And he was also a trafficking survivor. And we were both speaking and we were talking about the nuances and we were both Christians. We were both believers. We loved Jesus with everything we had. Neither of us half-assed. We jingled all the way. But we knew that there wasn't, there was something that wasn't right. And we didn't know what it was. And everyone around us was saying that we were wrong. And so I left town. I took my family and we left. And I was like, Alex, come with us. And he was like, no, I need to stay. 
I need to stay and I'm going to fight these battles. And a few months later, he called me and he said, it is so bad. It is so bad. And I'm sitting on this board. Would you please come back and sit on this board with me? And I said, Alex, I'm sorry, I can't. I will love you and I will support you. I can't do this for my own mental health, but I will support you. You call me anytime you need. We'll talk. We'll hash it out. We'll bitch it up. Whatever we need to do. Within a few months, he killed himself. His last post on social media was about spiritual abuse. I have never met a person who loved Jesus more, who just wanted to do street outreach, who wanted to go give food and blankets and hugs to people on the street. But the church was saying that as long as he continued to remain gay, they would take his platform away. They would take his funding away and they had already done it to mine. They would take everything away and he would be on his own. I have never in my life seen anything more hateful than the agenda of love. Because love is coming from each individual's perspective on what love is. Love is for the person who is giving it. It is not for the person that is supposed to be receiving the love. Love, when combined with service, when combined with activism, is one of the greatest distortions of care, of service, that exists in society today. If you desire to show up, if you desire to truly make a difference in people's lives, please look at the agenda. Listen first. Love does not harm. Love does not hurt. If you have a heart and passion to serve others, to care for other others, I implore you to show up and listen first. Please learn from my mistakes because I'm telling you, they are grueling and they are painful. Ask people what they need. Ask them how they can be served. When you show up with love first, that's showing up with the agenda for you instead of showing up to actually serve. I want to thank you so much for joining me on this crazy episode of Whores Do It Best, a business podcast. This has just really pulled my guts out and revealed some of the darkest secrets in my life that I never wanted exposed, the things I never wanted to talk about, the stories I never wanted to admit to. So thank you for joining me, and I hope that you learn from my lessons. Don't be the person I was. Love better. Do better. Listen more because we're worthy of more. And I hope you join me next Thursday where we are talking about selling stories. Oh, the core of fundraising for nonprofits. This is going to be so much fun. Okay, y'all, I love you tons. Thank you for joining me. Please feel free to share this podcast with a friend, someone you think that it could help. Um, and if it helps you, please give me a review because all those reviews really do help. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.